Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Syrupcast, Mobile Syrup's Canadian tech-focused podcast. I'm Patrick O'Rourke and Brad Bennett, a man who refers to himself as the bad boy of tech. It's 2022. We're going to keep this joke going forever. Wow. He's across the internet from me. How are you doing, Brad? I'm good. I'm thinking about maybe ways I could shake the nickname and like next time you see me, I'm going to be helping an old lady across the street and then we'll have to then try and call me a bad boy. You're going to be the nice boy of tech? Maybe. Friendly? I don't know. (laughs) We'll see. 2022, I could be a whole new person this year. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Um, It's good to be back. We've been been off for a little bit. That's Um, true. So... Excited to get back at it and create cool stuff and also get the podcast back up and running again because I think we haven't had an episode since the end of November, roughly. Yeah, we're back, that guys. Right. We've been gone since November. We've been gone since November. <laughs> and that was the John, the voice of John Lamont that you just heard. Uh, he's on the podcast with us today, as usual. He's often here, but uh, he's back again. What's good, John? Back again. Uh, you know, just living, living life. Um trying not to freeze because it's so cold outside it's so i think it's warmer today but it's a lot warmer today i was gonna go for a walk yesterday after work and i walked outside with like my jacket and all my winter gear on and i just like turned around and went back inside yeah i will say there was some really pretty snow yesterday like you know when you get those big fluffy flakes that kind of like float yeah that was really neat but it was too gonna be cold i just I admired them from the the inside of my windows instead of going outside. If it's yeah. going to be cold, it might as well snow. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. If that's I don't true. have to drive specifically. Yes. Okay. Now that, you're that's very narrow like... snow acceptance. <laughs> I don't want to drive yeah. in the snow. I hate it. Well, I do have winter yeah. tires now, though. I still have to put mine on, but don't tell my dad. I'm like 90% sure he's not listening to this, so I'm feeling comfortable talking about it. But yeah, I haven't put mine on yet. Just lazy. <laughs> Parents are the winter tire police. I know. Every time I talk to him, he's like, you get those winters on? Yeah, working on it. They'll get on someday. Yeah. So this week, we're going to talk about Halo Infinite, which came out at the beginning of December. We had a ton of coverage on the site about the game from both myself and Brad Shankar. And if you follow me on Twitter, that's all I talk about, like, pretty much all the time. It's all I do. Post clips of myself doing not really that good kill streaks in, in Halo Infinite to Twitter. Um, and then also CES 2022. I was pretty low-key. Wait, did of... that happen? Yeah, it happened. Believe it oh, or not, I missed it. Did. <laughs> I missed it. Oh, my goodness. It did happen, but I wouldn't blame you for missing it. Um, there wasn't a lot, and we'll, we'll get into that. But before we get to the core of the show, Brad, please hit us with a very brief rendition of the hottest news of the week. You mean like the chillest news of the week? Yeah, the chillest news of the week, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Because it's negative 15 outside. Yeah. So the first one's not even really, really that chill. But in the ongoing saga of like Rogers 
I don't know, what is it? The CEO turnover, the oust, the mutiny. I don't, I'm not sure how I'd like to the exactly. Canadian succession. The family drama. Canadian the family drama. <laughs> single, single cam, family drama. Um, but yeah, there's a new like permanent CEO. I believe Tony Safferty, he's the one that's in, but I believe he was the guy that like was the temporary CEO when the whole like sort of spin yeah. up happened a few months ago. And now he's permanent. So seems was... like the son is Edward Rogers Jr. Or was that his name? His name's Edward Rogers. Safferty was like his guy. Like that's who he wanted to be the CEO. Um, Yeah. And I think that's that's what kicked off the whole family drama. Tony Staffieri, I think is how how it's pronounced. If I remember correctly, Um, it was kind of the catalyst for the whole thing because uh, Ed Rogers wanted him to replace Joe Natalie. uh, And then Joe Natalie found out because of a butt dial and that kind of kicked off the whole family drama which eventually ended with joe natalie getting ousted and tony staffieri becoming the interim and then later the actual new ceo is it natalie or is it natalie i thought it was natal i don't know none of us can pronounce any last names today oh my goodness let's skip off for rogers either way that's happening oh wait 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 um (laughs) Brian Cox, star of the actual show Succession, um, didn't he do like a celebrity cameo to one of the people involved? Isn't somebody writing that like now when we're recording this? Uh, that happened today. Yeah, that did happen last night. It was like a pretty funny Globe and Mail like exclusive labeled story. How um, did I even get that? <laughs> trying to remember the the details of it. I'm trying to find the link. I did post it somewhere. Did I not post it in links? Okay, I don't know. Great. I don't have a Globe subscription, so I can't even read it. Succe- Succession star Brian Cox congratulates Edward Rogers in paid video message for ousting former CEO Joe Natal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How, we're, so, we're writing about it because that's that's obviously something we would do. If you get that message, how do you feel? Like, do you feel like you won something? Is that like a congratulatory message from Brian Cox? Or is that like, I'm a TV villain, you're a villain in real life message? I don't even know if he, like, because it's through Cameo, right? That's the paid service they're talking about. Like, did someone pay to have that created and then just sent it to Edward Rogers? I haven't read the story yet. We probably shouldn't be talking about it because I don't know the details. But the headline itself is funny. Like, I clicked on it last night. I don't have a Globe subscription. I read the little brief, and I was like, that's funny. That that was my reaction to it. (laughs) That's comedy. Yeah. Just beautiful. But like, I mean, it, it was like a pretty crazy time when all this Rogers stuff was happening, but it seems to have, have leveled out at this point, especially if there's like a permanent um, permanent CEO in place. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have to see. How does that sound? Does that sound a little better or too quiet? That is perfect. It all is right, I'm going to touch it. Um, then moving on, I guess, to the next chill, is chill news. Uh, the Galaxy S21 FE is now available at Canadian retailers, but for pretty much $1,000, which is... A lot for that phone i don't know it's like flagship price or what flagship price was three years ago uh, maybe four years ago yeah john you yeah. broke it down based on the cost of carriers right i did um so outright from samsung the s21 fe is uh 949 950 we'll just say for um ease of math and then at most of the carriers it's over 1,100. Uh, most of them have it at like 1,170 or 78. Uh, and then a couple had it a little bit lower, a little bit higher. It kind of just depends. 
Uh, interestingly, most of the carriers had it set up in such a way where if you did the device financing over the two years, you pay the 950. So it's the same as just buying it outright from Samsung, uh, which is, I guess, okay. It would have been nice to see some sort of discount or deal, but in most of the cases, the only way to get any sort of discount on the phone was to do the bring it back program where you pay less money if you return the phone at the end of your two year term. Um, or you pay the, the difference to keep it. Does the bring it back program actually make more sense for these like mid tier, almost like budget level phones? Because the assumption is after two years, they'll probably be in like way worse shape than a flagship anyway. Yeah. Um, I would argue that probably in most cases, if you want to upgrade your phone on a regular basis, these bring it back programs actually make sense because you're not going to want to keep your phone after two years. So if you're going to regularly upgrade your phone every two years and you're pretty good at not breaking it, there's not really any reason to not use the bring it back because you basically pay less for the phone. You don't get to keep it, but you use it for two years and then you get a new phone. It's a pretty good phone too, right? I I guess I know Dean's going to review it. Um, I think the only thing I'm sure someone will correct me and I really should have looked this up ahead of time, but I think the only one of the only big things that it's missing is it doesn't have a variable refresh rate. I don't think like it doesn't ratchet down. I think you can only set it to like 60 or, or one. It's 120, but stuck. It, yeah. And the cameras are a little lower. And I mean, technically it's like a 1080p screen um, and like more plasticky, but yeah, it's still yeah, like good specs and a, decent battery a big enough phone probably good enough cameras like i can't imagine it's a terrible phone by any it, means it's just uh, the price is a lot for what we were expecting from a like fan edition i think it sounds very comparable to the pixel 6 not the 6 pro the lower the pixel 6 um which correct me if i'm wrong but is what like 800 dollars in canada 700 dollars. i think it's the pixel 6 yeah yeah I don't remember. It's been a long time since I've looked at the Pixel 6 price. I'll Google yeah. it as you're talking. Um, Pixel 6 cost the Canada. S20 FE was in mobile syrup. $799. $799, yeah. So it's like a $150 difference. And I would say, given what the specs are of the S21 FE, you might be better off getting the Pixel 6, which is going to be similar spec-wise for less money. Plus, you know, the benefits of being on Google Android versus Samsung Android. Oh, yeah, the uh, S20 FE was $950 as well. So it's exactly the same price. Yeah. Weird. And it surprisingly did not see a lot of price drops. I remember covering a couple of the deals for it during Black Friday Boxing Day season for the S20 FE. Mm -hmm. And it was like barely discounted. I think what's going to hurt the FE, the S21 FE the most is like the S22 is likely just around the corner. Like it's going to be revealed in Mar- uh, February or March, almost for certain. It may not come out until a little later, but it's going to get shown off. And that kind of takes the luster off the S21 FE a little, a little bit. Like I know it's targeted at a different audience. It's kind of people that like are more willing to wait to upgrade their phones. But still, it's something to keep in mind. Yeah. What other news do you have for us, uh, Bennett? Um, so the, sorry, I just got a message from Josh. But the um, two last ones are kind of my own little things. So I wrote about this yesterday. The OnePlus Buds Pros, which I have here somewhere, 
um, right here. These ones actually got an update, which allows them to work with like two devices at once, similar to how AirPods work. And it works really well, like way better than I thought. So basically you just can connect to two devices at once. And I did like tested it on a bunch of different devices and the, with a bunch of different services like YouTube and Spotify and Apple Music. And if you're playing things on both of them, we'll just stay connected to the home set. But if you pause, you know, the first thing you connected to and the other one's playing, we'll just navigate over. And if you pause that one, hit play back on the other one, it'll navigate back. And then basically whichever one is playing or was playing first, it will switch between really seamlessly. So like, I think this is good enough for most people. Like AirPods will connect to more devices. It's the best thing but, about AirPods. Um, but I find for most people, you know, you don't have like, you're not connecting to your Apple Watch every day. You're, maybe you don't have an iPad. I think for most people, they have like two devices. For me, I feel like it's my computer and my phone. So now that the OnePlus Buds can just go seamlessly between those two devices, I like, I even updated my review. I like, I'm thinking these are way more practical now. Like I like these a lot more. Um, do they just do it I over Bluetooth? It, like, is that the automatic yeah. switching? That's cool. Yeah, I, I believe yeah, so. Because it works with I, my MacBook. It works on an iPhone. Like, I, I've i always contended that that's like, I know the AirPods are more expensive than other, other AirPods. And I know that there's like similar Android technology that's sort of played catch up. Um, but that just like the seamless ability to either connect to Apple devices or switch between Apple devices. Um, I still think, and I don't use a lot of other um, wireless earbuds anymore. I used to, I don't really do that. Maybe we'll talk about that on a podcast at some point, but yeah, um, that that's like the big selling feature for me for the AirPods is how easy it is to switch between devices. Yeah. Same. Me too. Like just the fact that I can go from my like Mac to my phone as I'm like going around my life is my favorite so the oneplus doing that and and doing it in a like non-platform agnostic way like you don't need to be on you know it doesn't switch between two oneplus phones it's like whatever just two bluetooth devices windows That's computer cool. mac actually i didn't test the seamless switching with windows and i know bluetooth headphones on windows is always kind of a little bit of a pain um so maybe i should try that again later next um and update that story anyway moving on to the other the last one the smallest one is if any, I don't know if anyone's seen it, but I reviewed this smart water bottle. Uh, I'm going to update this story recently, but I'm still using the water bottle weeks later. I haven't charged it in like a week <laughs> and a half, um, but it's just a good bottle. This lid, it's got like a, got like a little locking mechanic on it. Um, and it, it's just like a really nice like button and a good like opening size to just like glug water down and uh, just happy with the overall construction of that bottle, but not using it for its smarts anymore because it was a hassle and taking time out of your day to charge a water bottle seems insane. And that's it with the news. I still think that I should get one of those. I remember, I think I told you that I was hoping someone would get me one for Christmas. That didn't happen. Yeah. Um, I may buy one because that's like, I think all like in pretty much 80% of cases, whenever I feel sick or like I wake up and I don't feel great, it's because I, I'm yeah. dehydrated. I didn't drink enough water. Mm -hmm. I just forget to all the time and it sounds silly but i think that like a water bottle with a light on it that is like hey idiot you should drink water so that you don't feel like shit at six o'clock might yeah. be helpful i'm probably wrong and like i would do the same thing as you and just forget about it but in theory it sounds like something that might like might solve that issue at least a little bit i'm, I'm sure honest. there are smartphone apps that can like replicate a similar functionality this app, this um, the, the app you can get for this, just it still sends me notifications every hour. Like it's like, hey idiot, drink or like it's always like a pun. It's like stay hydrated, my Apple Watch do my hydrated. 
It that notification has come on the watch. It does it. Okay. Um, yeah, it's I'm called surprised the Apple Watch, given its kind of health kick, does not have some sort of water drinking reminder. Honestly, it's it's, it's going to be the only new um, series. Watch OS nine. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But just back to your water thing, Pat. Honestly, just back when I first started trying to like drink more water, which I don't know was like a while ago, but. Um, I still think the thing that helped me the most was like just a Nalgene bottle because like you can see how much water yeah, is in it, like with the measurements on the side. So it's just like, okay, like I, you can just like in your head very quickly know like, oh, I drank that much and just like always having it around like on your desk, like it's there. So you drink it. I don't know. I just felt like that was like $15 and helped me drink water just as much as this like $100 bottle. So I just realized over the break, like days where I do not feel like shit are days where I have actually consumed liquid that is not like tea or yeah. coffee or yeah. like some kind of, I know like, I don't drink a lot of like pop, but some kind of pop, like I just straight up drank water and had a coffee and I'm like, hell, hell yeah, I feel great. It's 8 PM. Let's, uh, let's play some Halo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you're regretting yeah. not having the coffee because you need those jitters for the game. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I will say yeah, rock star habit. Having having a water bottle on your desk and near you all the time is probably the easiest way. That's true. Yeah, that's that's what I've been doing for years, and it's it's worked for me. I just have a water bottle, and then I will drink from it. Yeah, that's part of why I like this one. It's good for the desk, good lid, and it's got like a little bit of rubber on the bottom, so it doesn't slide around too much. It's nice. Um, but I'm sure there are lots of smart water bottle companies, Pat, that I are I'm sure nobody gives coverage to. So if you found one, I'm sure you could find a way to give like write about them and maybe you'd be an interesting foil to my article you know like an interesting opposition because i think it's a pretty like subjective maybe i'll do that today i'll spend device. some time uh towards the end of the uh, end of the day researching some smart water bottle companies uh I, what is yeah, it i'll Chapter totally show up at your one? house <laughs> i'll totally show up at your house really early in the morning to pour it on your head and take the picture too so oh, that'd be great oh man that's <laughs> such a good picture so many people message me about that they're like what's wrong with this guy why did he do this it, this is amazing at the same time <laughs> i don't know i couldn't think of like a more fun way to do it okay let's uh get into ces um Woo. i think like i expected ces to be really low-key this year um i knew there was still gonna be a physical show my expectation as the pandemic ramped up yet again was that most sensible media organizations would pull out. There wouldn't be a lot of like tech coverage there. The Verge, the Engadget, TechCrunch, all those sites would pull out. Um, we kind of saw that happen. The only like media that seemed to be there were influencers that, to my understanding, or at least based on the sponsored posts I saw, were paid to be there to talk about a specific company like I saw a bunch of Canadian YouTubers that were there specifically to like promote Razer products or I, I can't think of another example offhand, but it was all over the place. The, the, that seemed on the media side to be the only people that attended. And when you saw photos of the show floor, it was like entirely empty. It was like a ghost town. Um, with that in mind, last year, I think we saw cool announcements. Stuff came out of the show. It was obviously we covered it remote again. There's nobody here. No, nobody like actually at the show again. We were in the middle of the pandemic. But this year, it really, really seemed like nothing, like absolutely nothing came out of CES. Like I know we saw the S21 FE reveal. We already talked about that phone. That wasn't really part of CES. It was revealed within the CES window, which we're starting to see more and more of. Samsung back in the day would hold like a launch event alongside CES for like some of its less prominent 
smartphones just to kind of like jump on that CES hype cycle in a way, but still have their own event. That, For that me, kind of happened this year. Yeah. The S21 FE. It did. I guess what I mean is physical events, like an actual physical event yeah. somewhere like around Las Vegas that isn't part of CES, but they're doing like a little thing. Um, and they, I don't know if they've done that specifically for CES, but they did that for Mobile World Congress. I guess that's what I'm thinking of. Like back in the day when they launched um, the S7, it wasn't, it wasn't like at Mobile World Congress. It was in the city of Barcelona and you had to take like a, like a 45 minute taxi to get there. But they, they like jumped on, I guess, the trend of the event itself. Um, anyways, all I was going to say is like the two big things that I saw come out of the event are like one more electric vehicle concept cars. We've seen that a lot over the last couple of years, but there's a ton of, of cool, interesting ones this year. Um, and monitors. There seemed to be a lot of hype behind monitors. And the one that yeah. caught my eye in particular was Samsung's 55-inch Odyssey Arc. It's like this really massive monitor. It's yeah, you're scared of 55 inches in front of you? I'm daunted. On So my... My current office setup, I would be. I couldn't use that. It wouldn't. It wouldn't work. Um, Block the but entire if I had, window. It would. One hundred percent. I'm like looking at it now. I wouldn't be able to see it my window anymore. But if I had a different office setup, which for a monitor this good, I would. I would probably be willing to to rework my my life in in that uh, respect. Um, it just looked really cool. Like has the ability to twist on its side. Um, there's like different viewing modes for different kind of aspect ratios, and it and the big thing for me was the simple fact that like it's thin. Those other curved monitors yeah, that true. Samsung sells, a lot of them are really thick. Like they're not that much money. Okay, never mind. They're very expensive. They're all a lot. They're very yeah. expensive, well, depends, but, but yeah. they're not quite as expensive as I expected. Um, and no one knows how much this one's gonna cost. I don't even think the specs or resolution or ports or anything like that have been revealed. It's just like media being hyped about the concept of like a large curved monitor that's very thin. Um, which is ridiculous in a sense, but it's also like when you see the pictures. It, it's, it's very just, cool looking, but and that's it's really really cool know. looking. Um, yeah. And I want to know more about it. And there's some other companies that came out with monitors, but those were my two um, big takeaways from CES: is EV concept cars and cool cool monitors. Yeah. Before we move away from the concept car conversation, I guess we should talk about that. I mean, the BMW color changing one was sick. I got a lot of press from everybody, but that's that that's so a cool. really cool. It's like it's dumb, and you know, there's like almost like no way they could like logically pull it off. No. I mean, this is like with a lot of these concepts too. The other BMW like back screen one was like, it's like, are they going to hide that TV? And like, can it even be used while it's in motion? Ex block, explain like, what that the... is. I know, I know you wrote a it's long a... post about it, but just expand on it a little bit. The color changing tech or the TV one? I sort of jumped on too uh, many things The there. TV one, the TV one. It's just like they had this concept for like the back seat of BMW is they called it like their cinema display. And it like was a screen that was, in theory, I think the the concept didn't come down. It was just like locked down, but it would like come down sort of right behind the front seat headrests. Yeah. And it sort of like blocked the entire rear window from the people in the front. But I think the idea would be that people in the front are now in the back watching movies while they like charge their electric car or something. And it's just like, they're like, it was like a huge 55 inch like TV in a car with like surround sound and like 4D, like they had speakers in the seats so you could like feel the vibration. And it's just like, okay, cool. But like, I think I've, I'm just going to like sit somewhere for 45 minutes to charge. I can probably kill time on my phone. Like I don't need to sit in like a cinema and like, uh, is this cool? Like, can this be driven? Can this be used while you're driving? Like, can this be useful if you have like kids in the backseat? Like, cause that's obviously way better than like, I'm sure you guys remember the old DVD players in the rooms of vans that were like 
I don't know what how big were those screens like nine inches so if that um, yeah but you could see that out the rear view mirror with it uh so who knows but yeah that one was kind of wacky and like even the concept car they had there was like built into like a wall kind of a way so you could tell they just like hadn't made the tech small enough to like fit into the roof of a car um i think that's one of the things that's like a bit of a common misconception about ces like it's called the consumer electronic show but a lot of the stuff that we see is just like straight up smoke and mirrors. Like it's cool. Yeah. And I love to write about it because it's the most futuristic wacky stuff, but it's not products that are actually going to get into the hands of consumers. Like that color changing car where I believe it's e-ink, right? It's like an e-ink. It's like an e-ink wrap paint, on the paint car. Yeah. Wrap thing. Like um, that is crazy. Like it looks like something out of like iRobot or like some crazy futuristic movie or something like that. Yeah. Um, and it works like when you see videos of it, it seems to really like truly actually work, which when I first saw people tweeting about it, I didn't believe. But that's like it's not going to be something that you can like go to a BMW dealer, get a new car and be like, hey, give me that futuristic ink wrap dog. Like that's not going to I don't think that's ever something that's ever going to happen. No, the cost of yeah. it for like what it is, is like crazy. Yeah. And like the even the, the way they were showing it off, they're like, it can help you find your car in a parking spot. So you're like. My car is just going to be flashing black and white, like really slowly because the e-ink doesn't refresh quick. It's not like pop, pop, pop. It's like, yeah, ooh, white pulses, black, white. Yeah. And then it's just it, like, I can just honk the horn. You know, like, it's, yeah. yeah, it doesn't seem super practical, although I did see some people talking about one potentially practical application of it being Evading the police. and cooling. You could turn the car black to absorb more sunlight, which mm -hmm. would help warm it up faster. Um, or if it may, it's really hot out, make it white to reflect more sunlight uh, to keep it from heating up faster. But like though, that's like a really small thing compared yeah. to like the expense of it. So it just seems really silly. It yeah, made me think of Grand Theft Auto. Like when you would, and it's in every single Grand Theft Auto yeah. I think at this point, the video game. Like you, you drive into um, the paint a spray shop. Paint a body shop and they like spray paint your car a different color and then you leave and the police don't know <laughs> like who you are anymore you are, yeah. which is like the most video game thing of all time but like that that was my the first thing i thought i was like oh people are going to use this for stealing stuff but it's never going to be available to anybody so that's not like an actual real concern but that was my like gut initial reaction yeah, let's not say never, you know, like in five, 10 years, perhaps they've figured it's out never, a way that like coming. the top end BMWs <laughs> that cost a few million are like cutting the color change <laughs> job. But um, the, yeah, you're definitely not seeing this. But that's like that's consumer, that's CES for you. You know, you just see there cool was stuff. other wacky stuff too. like um, John, I think you covered a lot of this for us. Was it Razor had that? Um, oh, my God, I hate this desk thing yeah with buttons yeah. on it but not buttons but touch screens and do you want to explain that a little bit yeah so razor showed off a few things at ces um first off was a concept modular gaming desk called project sophia and it's basically just a desk with a big like i think it was 55 inch screen attached to it and the desk is also your computer so it's got all your computer parts your cpu your gpu oh, the computer's in it in it yeah and then it, it has a bunch of user replaceable modules to expand on that functionality so there's you can add like a little screen that will show your gpu and your cpu temps and monitor your your computer usage and by little screens little he means touch. like in the desk like it's a glass the desk, desk yeah. so you see these like through the surface of the desk yeah 
Yeah, there's, you know, like a little touch screen with app shortcuts on it. So you can quickly just like tap a button or tap a screen on your desk and open up apps on your computer. Um, there's a whole bunch of different stuff. Qi wireless chargers. Uh, one module was like a drawing pad, like a Wacom drawing pad with a with a pen. I don't think it was actually like a Wacom branded one, but it was that kind of idea. They erased um, the label. And perhaps the coolest thing was the mug heater option so if you want to keep your coffee warm you can put sick. a module in and then put your your mug on that and it'll warm up your coffee so the whole I thing is like frankly ridiculous and it'll probably never ever actually be available for people to buy because i mean look at all the modular stuff that people have tried before like google tried its project aria phone and it just none of that stuff ever works because you would need to get manufacturers on board with building the modules that would work with the desk or razor would have to build all the modules. And if they did that, then the price would just be obscene. Well, so, so many I, don't, Razer, I don't see it ever happening. So many razor CES products like never actually get released. Like I can't remember what it was yeah. called. Remember that laptop that was like stolen from the show floor at some point oh, that yeah. had like three, three, screens, or three screens on it and they like folded out and everybody wrote about it and talked about how cool it was, which I used to be like really, really down on and negative about like the amount of coverage that these products that are never going to come out get. Um, but I, but I, I think that's totally fine now. Like it's cool stuff that people are interested in. It's proof of concept. It's futuristic. It's fascinating. It's like the kind of like core tech blogging posts that I grew up like loving to read. I just think that you got to be like really, really honest with readers about the fact mm. that like this is not coming out. Like this is cool. It's really neat. Maybe we'll see an yeah. inkling of this in a future device, but it's don't don't like think you're going to be able to pre-order this in February. It's it will never see the light of day. This is literally just for, in and like a lot of these posts come back to Razor. Like this is literally just for Razor to get some media attention. It literally yeah, comes back I, to Razor every time. They started so like almost by accident, like stumbling onto these like creating the most like hype object at CS. Like it was like a modular PC a few years ago, or that like three screen laptop yeah, thing. That. And it's like these these ideas that were just like almost doable, you know. It's like oh, they could maybe they maybe they might pull it off. And now it's just like never no, happens. they're never building this desk that like, they pulled out of like a Star Trek prop department. <laughs> like looks like yeah, it's nuts. There's no way. Yeah. What were you gonna say, John? I was just gonna say that like I think you know for us there's like a really fine line of you know covering this stuff because it's interesting and and fun, but also like making it clear that hey, you're probably not gonna be able to buy this. And I think with, you know, the Razer Sophia desk, it's a neat concept. But to me, the more interesting thing about it is kind of, it promotes the idea of doing a PC inside of a desk, which is something that's kind of existed in, you know, custom PC building circles for a while. I think, you know, Linus Tech Tips have, has done videos on building Seen custom it on Reddit too. desks yeah. and stuff like that. So... You know, to me, this is more of a, like, I see Project Sophia and I'm like, oh, that looks really cool. I would love to build a PC inside of a desk that kind of mimics this. Good point. Not, you know, I don't see it and go, oh, I want to go buy Project Sophia because it's probably insanely expensive if it would ever be on sale. Yeah. That said, give I will give Razer a little bit of credit because I think last year um, they showed off that Zephyr mask as a CES concept. And then that actually became available later on because and I, said, it, though, I probably barely said became on this available. podcast, it was never going to never going to be released. I probably said, yeah. It like, yeah. whoever did you write it? The first post, I don't remember time is a flat circle. Yep. 
I probably said like, hey, John, you got to make sure that you mention at the end of the story that it's never going to come out or something like that. I'm, I'm sure I did that. Um, and I was wrong. Yeah, they, they did release it. Uh, stock was super limited, naturally. Yeah. And it sold out basically immediately. And I wrote the other day, there was a whole bunch of... Um, Isn't that like a Gen 2? Because, yeah. Yeah, they, they, this year they released a Gen 2 version that's basically identical, except it has a microphone to amplify your voice. Like uh, and then Darth there was Vader's a bunch of helmet? Were, yeah. <laughs> Imagine. Hilarious. Just, uh, um, I'd like to buy yeah, this bag of Doritos. There was a bunch of outcry uh, recently because on Razor's website for the Zephyr mask, they talked about having it and having N95 grade uh, air filters. And a bunch of people mm-hmm. were like, you can't just say that. And then Razor scrubbed all the claims from their website because they're still waiting yeah, on like, that. certification from the FDA. That was one of your morning posts, right? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. The mask is is one that definitely bucks the trend for like Razor over-promising and under-delivering because they over-promised and just barely delivered on that one. Um, but also that was like a mask that they could probably manufacture for like less than a hundred bucks and sell for more than a hundred bucks. It's like this... You know, this PC thing is like, we're talking thousands, if not tens of thousands. Was there yeah. anything else that caught, I get this is to both of you, like, was there anything else that caught your eye specifically at CES as like a notable product that you think listeners would be interested in learning yeah, more about? Yeah, I've, I've got a couple things. I don't know, Bennett, if you have any. You can go but, first. Uh, yeah, I'll just run through them quickly. There was actually a lot of interesting um, laptop slash PC stuff at this year's CES. Um Intel revealed its 12th gen uh, mobile chips, which are pretty neat. Um, it was just like an announcement that they exist, which is, you know, where m- most things start. Um, and, you know, naturally Intel has all this hype about how they're super fast and all this stuff. So it'll be interesting to see how they actually perform in real world testing uh, as laptops with these chips come out over the next year. Yeah. Um, Will they one such the M1? laptop is going to be from Asus, and it showed off a 17-inch foldable PC. Um, kind of like, I don't know if you remember this, uh, but last year I reviewed Lenovo's ThinkPad yeah, X1 foldable. So it kind of looks like that, but like bigger. So I'm pretty Huge. excited to check that yeah. out. Yeah. Wait, 17... so 17-inch as in like that's the screen when it's unfolded. So when it's folded, it's like how big would the screen be then? Yeah, so it's 17 inch unfolded. So when it's folded, it would be smaller. But like 17 inches, really large for a tablet. That's a big boy. Mm-hmm. That's a big boy. So I'm interested to see how it kind of works in in practice. Um, because one of my issues with the Lenovo yeah, one was that really, it was really small, in especially when it was in like the folded mode and you were using one screen. It was kind of difficult to use um and was super impractical so maybe the 17 inch one will be a little bit more practical who knows we'll see yeah i'm intrigued the size like bucks the trend that you would normally like 17 inches for a laptop huge but it's like oh but it folds yeah who knows i'm very intrigued okay you sold me yeah um that's definitely one thing that i'm looking forward to trying out this year and then the other thing is dell showed off its new xps 13 laptop Oh yeah, which touch bar has a touch bar, <laughs> even though that's not they don't want to call it that. Uh, their Dell is adamant that it's just a capacitive it's different touch though, function. Isn't it? Yeah. it is different. It, it doesn't totally it fair. doesn't change too with like different apps or anything, right? Like it's just buttons no. that are like kind of locked in place. 
Yeah. It, it, Which it's makes like, more sense. If you remember, yeah. you know, the early days of Android smartphones where every Android phone had like little light up buttons on the bottom that were like yeah. touch. Yeah. They yeah. were yeah. actual yeah. buttons. It's like that, but it's your entire function row on your computer. Okay. So I don't know. It might be fine. It might be annoying. Who knows? We'll have to see when we touch it. I think the more interesting thing about the XPS 13 is it doesn't have a clear touchpad. Oh yeah. Like trackpad. Wait, it just, what? it looks like it extends across the entire bottom of the screen and the I'll bottom put, of the, I'll like below the keyboard in the chat here. How would that oh, work with like false touches? You, well, you just wouldn't know where the way, boundaries right? are. Yeah. You just wouldn't know where the boundaries are uh, for it. I was yeah. assuming like, so it, that's, it, I, yeah, that's the weird thing. If the entire width of it was, oh, the I remember this now. It would be, I think, really neat. Um, but that's not what they've done. They've just made it so you can't see the boundary of the touchpad. And from what I've read from other people who got hands-on with uh, the XPS 13, the boundary extends from basically one alt key to the other. So it's a pretty wide touchpad, but it doesn't extend the whole way across. It looks really neat and futuristic. I don't know how practical it's going to be in real-world use, especially if the whole area is not touch-sensitive. That seems like a misstep to me, but... Well, I just think it looks if cool. it was if it was all touch sensitive, you might mess it up when you like were typing with it on your lap and your and your wrists were hitting that zone, maybe. Um, but yeah. that would be that might be person dependent, because yeah, I'm kind of I like when I first saw it was with you, I was like, all oh, the whole way, that'd be sick, like the drag and drop. Like I've I run three monitors right now because I'm using a laptop in my two, and so like the drag and drop from one easy. from one to the other is always like a, and then put the other finger down and go over again. Or use the mouse, yep. but like on a super wide trackpad. Oh, that could be smooth. That's what you need for a fifty-five inch display. But um, in practice, it would be it would might be difficult because I could imagine it being quite annoying if your palms are tapping it all the time. Yeah, most laptops these days have pretty decent uh, touch rejection when you're typing. Um, but I could definitely see that being a problem if the whole thing was touch sensitive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Either way, those are two cool laptops, and I'm like interested that windows laptop makers trying something a little different because as much as the new Macs got like redesigned they sort of just like went back to the old design so to see something futuristic coming from the windows side is at least keeping the excitement in the like the laptop space a little bit yeah i think that's one design of the benefits wise. of the the windows kind of approach to laptops in that with so many different manufacturers you can have ones manufacturers doing all kinds of weird stuff and then you can have manufacturers making traditional tried and true clamshell laptops that are the same as they've been for the last 10 years um, yeah. and you kind of have that choice where if you want to try out the cool futuristic new thing you can and if you want to stick with what you know works you can yeah 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 i guess that's like the most unfortunate it's like good and bad because at, at that point though it's like people just through human nature i think we see this a lot as like reviewers is people just generally stick with what works i was what was it um oh so this is getting a little bit off a of topic but uh, one of the uh girls from vox chloe abrams she just quit and started like her own youtube channel yesterday i think and it's about like tech and sort of the economy surrounding tech um but one of the quotes she had it was just like she was at a whole bunch of like old newspaper clippings of people like saying um like early adopter tech was never going to happen but it had happened you know like flight personal computers like all that stuff so yeah it gets very like very interesting um what but did you 
Did you see anything specific at CES that you wanted to mention, Bennett, or have we already gone over most of it? Nah, just two like quick things. There was like the Sony OLED technology um, that was looking kind of cool, although I won't even go that much into it because I didn't write about it, so I don't know that much about it. And also it just is like more high-end OLED tech, which is not what I've been asking for for years. I've been like, can we just bring OLEDs down in price, please, to like get them into the mass market? Um but I think this new text was to help with like burn in and stuff like that. So perhaps we're still years away. Oh, I remember reading about this now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of excited for that just on like my, you know, TV spec nerd stuff. There's always lots of TV stuff at CES, but you know, 95 inch, like Samsung's finally coming to market. Like didn't really excite me because I'm not going to fit a 95 inch Samsung into my budget or house. Um, and then the other thing is just the uh, Chevy Silverado truck. They are the electric Chevy Silverado truck got announced. Um, but like most of the electric trucks, it's like it's been announced. And then we've kind of got like a two year, three year runway where we might get a few next year of like the really high price, high end ones. And then the year after that, we might get more of the regular ones. But um, it's got a slightly longer range than the, the Ford Lightning, but a slightly more expensive price. So the truck battles have begun. Pre-orders sold out in something like 12 minutes, too, I believe. Yeah, but that's like one of those things that like, you know, uh, what is that? How many were like you're, they've announced the truck three years, like sort of ahead of its full release with yeah, only like how one many, trim are actually available for this price. They don't even like have a manufacturing like set up for it. So like how many pre-orders did they really offer? You know, plus they'd already seen like Tesla for like all those people getting like all those pre-orders selling out. So. I think they're just gaming the news cycle in the same way that like every cell phone sells out on the day it's released, you know, stuff like that. I have a friend that pre-ordered it at a dealer. Like he missed the the like CES. I know it wasn't, maybe it was actually tied directly to CES, but he missed the like pre-order window. Um, and then he pre-ordered it, I think in, it's like something ridiculous, like Calgary or something like that at, at a dealer. So he pre-ordered <laughs> this at a dealer in Calgary. And he's like, He's like looking into like how he can resell it. And I don't know. He's one of those guys that's always like scheming to find different ways to make money. But I was surprised that he was even able to find one at like I, I Calgary is a huge, a big Canadian city, not not yeah. big in comparison to Toronto or Montreal or whatever, but it's big. It's it's big. So I was surprised that he was even able to pre-order it there, like after um, the, the initial window during CES. It's also like a two day drive from where your friend lives. I'm assuming he, he probably he didn't even you. think think about that like that he's not the type of guy to think ahead he probably just like looked at the the chevy website and was like oh it's available here pre-order i can flip that um but yeah electric trucks i don't know they're pretty cool they're getting like so much this is like the craziest part about evs to me is like they come out they get so much hype we write about them people read them like a lot like hype is there the need is there every time we announce a new one somebody's like oh i'm pre-ordering this like it seems like um but then it's always like these two or three years run ups to when they actually get released. And it's just like annoying, you know, like imagine if like Apple announced the iPhone and then you didn't actually get to like, you had to wait it two until years two years, it. you know, it's like, what the F is that? I, it's, I was it's like, brutal. I hate it. It's really annoying as a tech reporter. Was, it's like ugh, frustrating. I was somewhat close before we move on to Halo infinite stuff. I'll just say this really quickly. I was somewhat close to strongly, like seriously considering buying an ionic five recently because i was uh, my partner and i were driving somewhere on the weekend i can't remember where it was in in my neighborhood though very very close by and i saw an ionic five on the road um yeah. and for people that don't know this is like hyundai's new big fancy like model three killer electric vehicle um i really like it it's got like this unique design 
got a relatively good response to it from like electric car uh, fans and critics. And then it used it recently. You you liked it um, a fair amount. Yeah, we have a video up about it, and I've got a, a written story up about it. But I will say I found this YouTube channel called Throttle House recently, also Canadian, um, and they did a video about it, and their video is stellar like absolutely yeah, I'll have to check that fantastic out. huge um, like top gear level shots so good so cinematic cinematic so cinematic <laughs> anyways I saw, I saw it on the road so i was like hey let's just drive past the hyundai dealer to see if they have any because my understanding based on my communications with hyundai is that like the pre-ordered vehicles are right now like as we speak this month getting to into the hands of canadians i think it's only 2000 yeah. um, and then there'll be more coming out as well uh, so I just like went to the dealer, didn't really talk to anyone, um, had like a very brief conversation with a guy about like what the shipment looks like and stuff like that. Uh, but they had a couple on the lot, which I was very surprised about. Did you get um, to go in one? Did you check it out? No, I didn't. I didn't test drive one or anything because I'm I'm pretty pretty COVID COVID cautious, I guess I would say. Yeah, but even um, did you like open a door, you know, touch it, get that new car. Smell, I did. I did. I did open a door and I did look inside one. That okay, that is cool. something I did. Um, but I do, I do plan to take one for a test drive at it's some flat, point. Flat, eh? But, well, we're gonna yeah. get one to review that I think you are going to at this point probably will do majority. I'm hoping, of I'm hoping if if I have the time, um, and if we do get one, yeah, that, that's something that I want to do. But I was very close to being like, hey, this is the extended range model. It's not the color I want, but maybe I should just. Oh, buy what this color now, was it? It was black, black, or black. I want mm. the gray one, cyber yeah. gray with either the gray or the black interior. Yeah, the gray or the white ones, I think, look the best. All those, like, gray accents on them, um, just like a lot of modern cars, they're very plasticky. They're very cool, and, like, the detail in those accents is actually, like, when you look at them very closely, like, there's this one part along the wheel where it's, like, this yeah. sort of ridge part, but when you look at it from a certain angle, those ridges line up with sort of the body lines of the car. It's well thought out and, like, little details, but on the those detail parts are, are gray, like a very light gray, so I found when the car was in darker colors, like black, or I test drove, like, a sort of deep, blue greeny one those accent colors looked a little less tacky and a little less sporty than they do on where they blend more into like the gray paint or the white paint that's yeah that was the last thing but i was gonna say is just um i really like the design because it's kind of like video game so cool yeah in a way um and it's also like a throwback to the era of like in the 90s with boxy cars and sort of more affordable vehicles there's like the specific car called the pony that it's like in some ways based on um but what I was going to say is uh, my partner has never been like totally on board with the idea of getting one because she thinks that it's like a pretty ugly car, which in a way I, I kind of totally get. Um, but seeing it in person, she was a little more sold on it. Like I think I think the photos and the press renders and stuff like that make the design look a little more dramatic than it actually looks in person. It's a cool car, like very cool looking car, don't get me wrong. But it doesn't, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It doesn't like quite look that ridiculous when when it's like actually in front of you it just looks Doesn't, like a normal uh, car with a few unique flourishes to it with the headlights off it's almost like you know if you it's not like a kia soul or something where you like see that yeah, like yeah, really yeah, boxy yeah. shape from a distance yeah. you're like oh that's a kia soul like with the headlights turned off if you were you know a couple you know meters away you'd be, and it was just parked in a line of cars you it would be hard to pick out the crowd i think it's nice no, but totally. it's subtle um you know, and it's it's a weird EV market. Just before we get in, you know, it's like, what would you get? It's like that, the Mustang Mach-E, maybe the Volkswagen one. But the Volkswagen one is like so boring looking. And the Mach-E, I personally like. Maybe that's the way I'd go. But I know a lot of people hate it because it looks like a Mustang. So tough, tough uh, crossover EV market right now. And the Hyundai no, has the myself... best range and charging. 
I could see myself getting an Ionic within like the next year or year and a half or something like that. Like my car is relatively old at, at this point. Um, when I talk to uh, the dealer on the phone, it's like a five month order period. And that's like a, uh, uh, like um, a, um, a short estimate, right? Like it's probably going to be longer than that. So I'm, yeah, I'm in no rush. Maybe. My car's fine. It's getting old, but there's nothing wrong with it. It's still good. But I think that's going to be my next vehicle. Um, but yeah, let's, yeah. let's really, I, we're not going to do like a massive section on this, but let's talk a little bit about Halo Infinite before we close out the pod. And let's also do a quick ad break. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So I, I yeah, double killed it up. Um, so I beat the campaign um long before the game came out because i had early access to it i really liked halo infinite's campaign um i don't think it's perfect it does feel incomplete in some sense the ending of it isn't really i won't get into it but it's like very open-ended it's not super satisfying but for me i think one of the lines that i keep saying on twitter and in my review and stuff like that is this is the best case scenario for what a halo game looks like in in 2022 um, or 20 came out in 2021 um, that's very good it's it the beginning of the game is very streamlined these levels kind of it, it's it's like very structured levels great pacing the kind of thing that the halo franchise is mo- known for then it drops you into uh, an open world um, oh yeah that open world then, part gets less well paced though i found like I, that's yeah. where i sort of fell apart i was just like oh now they want me to like go discover like hidden armor bases is this far cry i'm out yeah, the the open world portions. I think there's a lot of long time Halo fans that that weren't a big fan of it, which I which I totally get. The way that I played it was I didn't do a lot of the side mission stuff. Um, I did a bit of it, yeah. most of the like bigger things, like taking uh, the ones that were like directly in your path to the next mission, um, which I think helped the pacing a little bit. But I think if Definitely. you like you get dropped into that world and you only focus on like the open world missions, whether it's like getting Spartan cores or like taking out enemy bases or um, what are they called? Forward operating bases, freeing Marines from or helping Marines in the forward operating bases. I think things can like drag on a little bit, but if you just barrel forward and you keep doing the missions, the pacing is a little bit better. And then towards the end of the game, it drops you back into like more, I guess I would say like traditional halo levels, similar to the beginning of the game where you're it's very streamlined you're being pushed down a specific path that pacing the game is known for where it's like intense firefight moment of quiet cutscene intense firefight moment of quiet cutscene that that rinse and repeat cycle that returns it's not my favorite halo campaign but i i liked it way more than halo 5 i liked it way more than reach which (gasps) most people would disagree with me about reach wasn't wasn't my thing um, which is beautiful but you're a monster but i would say it's probably next to like halo one and two it's it's my favorite my favorite campaign um i want to talk about multiplayer but did did you have you guys dabbled in the campaign a bit bennett i, I know you have a bit uh i have not 
I have it installed and I keep meaning to play it, but um, I'm a pretty big Destiny 2 player, so usually when I have time to play games, I'm going to play Destiny 2. It's just Space Halo anyways, right? Yeah, pretty much. Space Halo Well, Halo, Halo is also in space, yeah. so... Sorry, it's, it's super space Halo. I don't know. Yeah. De- don't Destiny know 2 is Halo, but with space magic instead of grappling Space hooks. magic, sure. That's a better way of saying it. I like to think there's a little magic in the Manol Jar armor, you know, the Master Chief's blood. There's something there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I played maybe like two weeks of multiplayer when it first came out. Really enjoyed the multiplayer, but none of my like, well, Pat, you were into it, but none of my like core like gaming, ga- uh, gaming friend group was super into it. So I guess I maybe would have stuck on for like another two weeks had that happened, but I usually don't stick on to games that long. So I think that sort of was part of the course. I liked it. I enjoyed my time with it. Um, I can see myself when I get like a few, you know, some quiet moments throughout the year, jumping back into like Halo multiplayer or like Forza and those like just sort of easy games to like uh, fall into for like an afternoon of gaming. I could see myself going back to because I did have so much fun with it. And like, I found it um, giving me that like core Halo experience where you get dropped in a map, like, you know, a couple shots of the we bottom. We played it that. once or twice Ooh. together too, I think, right? Yeah, we played that one night with, with, with Douglas. Um, Douglas. And I'm sure we'll play again, but... I just haven't been playing games that much. And then uh, when the campaign finally launched, I was super excited. Um, well, leading up to like the campaign, me and my buddy Dom and my other uh, bunny kind of had played Reach 1, 2, 3, and like half of 4, and we never got all the way through 4, but we had played them all as co-op. Uh, not all three of us, all of them, because some of them are only two-player co-ops, but the ones where we could do three, we had done three people. And we'd played them all together, um, so we had planned to do this one like that. The fact that it didn't launch with co-op also kind of like soured my experience because yeah, it's like I agree. I had spent the last like two years just sort of like going through the Halo games with my friends, getting ready, like just recapping the story and just having something to play. The fact that this didn't like allow us to continue that like we had planned was a little annoying, even, even though we still all started at the same time, like played over Discord. It was fine. Um, but yeah, like I got through the first missions. It was good. It was getting real like Halo-y. And then I got like dropped into the open world and it was just like, you know, go find this armor, do this. And I like did those things. So I was like, okay, that's new for Halo. That's kind of cool. But I was just getting like really big, like Far Cry 6 vibes. Um, and I, like, like you said, I probably should have just like sort of beeline the story. Like I talk a lot about how I played uh, Red Dead that way. Like I didn't do the side missions and I just tried to yeah, keep my, on my own like dime. I tried to keep the pacing of the story up and I probably should have done that for Halo as well. Um, but yeah, I just like kind of fell off it there and got busy. So my gaming time kind of ran out and I just haven't really went back. I'd like to go back and try to finish it um, just because I like Halo so much, uh, being like an Xbox kid. But at this point, I might just wait till the uh, the co-op arrives and try to play with my buds. That's what I'm doing because um, I beat it on like a pre-release build for, for writing about it for work. Um, yeah. And that save file didn't carry over to the retail version. So I'm just going to wait for, for co-op to come out. Amusingly, like one of our number one stories in December was um, yeah. one of our freelancers, Steve Vicbari, wrote a post about uh, co-op Bootlegging coming the co-op to, into it. To no, it wasn't about to, coming. It was about like how no, like... Sorry, um, yeah. yeah. How, how to like, access it through a glitch. Yeah. Um, um, which, which, which was surprising. Proves, it, it proves that people want co-op. Like people like to play Halo. People like to play games people with their do. friends. People, people have friends yeah. and they like their friends. I that's, played that's something I'm out. looking forward to as well. I played through pretty much every Halo yeah. with friends, even like the original one. Like the first time I went through it, I played most of it. No, I played the whole thing with my brother. Like that's that's how Probably, I did yeah. it, uh, local co-op. Um, and then I think ever since then, I've done it online either 
with my brother, with my friends or something like that. So it was very strange to play through it for the first time um, solo. Uh, I, I, I'm going to, I, I feel you on the, the Far Cry 6 vibes. I don't think it's quite as overwhelming where there's like a million things to do and you don't know what to do next. And it's not necessarily the... bad. It just like rubbed me the wrong way. And no, it was like I get a very it. much me thing. I, I don't think it's bad. I think a lot of people get a lot of enjoyment out of it. I just, I was like, eh. I think the key is like not trying to do it all. Like only do the the main things that look interesting and always progressing to the next level and that improves the pacing. But that's definitely 100% valid criticism. Um, and once you do most of the open world things, the world starts to feel pretty barren. It's almost like 343 um, Industries had plans for way more to be included yeah. in that world. And I think that that was likely the case. And we're going to see more and there'll be more DLC and stuff like that. Um, but for me, like Halo's always been about the multiplayer. I've logged something crazy that's at this point that's like four days or something like that Wait, before we in december yeah that is crazy before we get too much into that can i like ask a question that sort of bridges the campaign and multiplayer and your take on it yeah someone who's played more so you can find armor in the campaign right that armor that like carries over in a multiplayer like you find like yep. hidden armor stashes how do you feel about that so like the multiplayer one of the criticisms not so rightly so because the multiplayer is free anyone can play it but it's very much like battle pass based so you need to like pay to unlock armor and thing like that i don't you don't have to pay but you kind of have to pay well, right am i getting that right to get to get the battle so if you play single player there's like certain things you can unlock in multiplayer which i like because it gives people that maybe wouldn't delve into single player like a reason to unlock stuff because there's a lot of people out there like i have a friend he literally stopped playing the game because he unlocked all of the armor like that's the only reason that he plays it is to unlock cosmetics mm -hmm. um and so it's just that, kind of a that cool... one way something to do because you know in far cry you're looking for collectibles but they do nothing for you at least in halo gives you that like carries cool, over to yeah. to your multiplayer and i thought that was kind of a smart little tie-in and then yeah. the battle pass you need to have purchased to unlock and you can buy it at any point it's the same as like apex you can even buy like an earlier seasons battle pass when a new season launches we're still on season one season one six months long um but yeah that's how you, you're not going to unlock stuff unless you buy the battle pass like that's the, yeah. the free to play aspect of it um, which I'm fine fine with doing. Like I've logged so much time into the game. I'm totally fine with it. I think there's a lot of valid criticism of the battle pass where some of the armor cosmetics aren't quite as interesting as maybe they should be. Um, did you buy a the lot cat ears? Of the, like, I did buy the cat ears. I paid eleven no, twenty nine real human dollars for the yeah. cat ears. That was yeah. not something you could unlock. That's another criticism of the game is like, not everything that's released in terms of cosmetics can be actually unlocked through the battle pass. They're like additional purchases, um, which again, like I think, I think that's a, a valid criticism, but also it's a free to play yeah. game. And that's, that's how the, <laughs> that's how like that. This is how the industry is structured. Now. No, it like is. Can, yeah. yeah. You can cry about it and you can complain, can complain about it, but that's not going to change because people like me are still buying the cosmetics. Like I, and I'm, I'm fine with like, if every three months some kind of like wacky cosmetic comes out and I have to pay ten bucks for it, like I'm okay with that. Like it's not the end of the yeah. world to me. Yeah. On uh, on that note, um, first with the the campaign thing, I haven't played the Halo campaign, but I've played other games where there have been unlockables or you know things that you get from playing the campaign that benefit you in multiplayer. Um, I don't remember which Battlefield game did it, but I know there was an older Battlefield game that I played where you could unlock certain guns in the campaign that you could then use in, in multiplayer. And generally that stuff is fine. 
Um, the only issue I would say with it is, you know, if it was something that impacted gameplay and it was then locked behind the campaign, that was a separate, separate cost from the multiplayer that I would then say, okay, there's a problem there because you're basically forcing yeah. people to pay for the campaign to unlock this item. That's going to impact their gameplay. This but is all cosmetics. cosmetics for purely cosmetics. It's not a problem. And then in terms of like, you know, the battle pass and free to play and all that, I do not, I haven't had an issue with cosmetics in free to play games at all. Um, and I, I understand why people do have issues with it. But for me, it's like, it's not gameplay related at all. It's, you know, I can play the game and get the same experience, whether I pay for the battle pass or not. And as long as that's like, you know, something that's consistent with the Halo Infinite uh, series and other free to play battle pass games, then, you know, I, I don't think I'll ever have a problem with that model. Where I see issues with it is when you start, you know, gating stuff that's gameplay based behind monetary transactions. And that's a little bit scummier in my opinion, especially no, if, you know, you, just as an example, let's say 343 puts out a DLC update to the multiplayer with new guns and you have to pay to get that. And then the guns are broken and overpowered. And so everybody who has bought the DLC has an advantage over people who have not because the guns are like overpowered. That would be a, a significant problem in, in my view, but you know, as long as it's just cosmetic stuff that doesn't have any benefit or unbalance the gameplay, like I really don't see a problem with it. That's, that's totally the way I look at it. And I also think that like Halo's a, in a, like it's doing quite well now and it's very popular and like the esports scene, which I've been following shockingly, shocking myself even i've been following far more than i ever expected i would it, it's coming back in like a big way and i think a big part of that is the fact that it's free to play right anyone can pick it up and give it a give it a try it's also like a game that um it, it sure it spans generations like i'm i'm a fair i'm a little bit older than you guys and like we all have some sort of a relationship to the franchise but it's i think like it pokemon. also needs to bring it yeah it needs to bring it same as pokemon yeah but it needs to bring it in a new audience right and the way you do that now is adopting at least some of the trends of the modern video cat game ears. industry, which is free to play cat ears, which I purchased super proud yeah. of my cat ears Everybody um, and focusing on, on cosmetics. Like if you're an, an old guy, you're like in your mid thirties, you played halo growing up and you want to dive back into it. Like no one's making you buy the cat ears. No one's making you get the battle pass. No one's making you like play for all of these cosmetics. Like you can just boot the game up on your PC or your Xbox one or series X or S and you can play it. And you can play free, with people on PC nice. and you can yeah. play it entirely for free. Like that's something that I think a lot of people like everyone's focusing on like the missing features and I get it. I, I get that it sucks that games launch in this state sometime where sometimes where they don't have um, like certain things that everybody wants, like co-op or like a lot of people are complaining about the number of maps in the game and, and that sort of thing. But mm -hmm. I guess for me, I'm just happy that we have a Halo that gameplay wise is an excellent mix of like old school, slower paced Halo newer halo with the movement um that that is fun like it's actually a fun game that i want to play and i haven't felt like that about a halo game since probably halo 3 and i know a lot of people that grew up with a franchise similar in age to me that feel pretty much the exact same way where like there's something a little off about reach and halo there's 5. nothing off about reach stop saying that stop saying I, that I, Reach didn't work for me. It was too much like Call of Duty with the loadouts and stuff. I, I know that we, we have differing opinions on it. Yeah, no, you're right. Loadouts were weird. 
Couldn't handle the loadouts. That was not Halo. That was Call of Duty to me. Yeah, but without yeah. Reach, we never had the DMR. That's true. Well, the DMR was not even really As someone in. who yeah, that's only true. played Reach, uh, even the loadouts were weird to me. Like I, I had played play the other Halo games just with friends, but I never owned any of them. Reach was the first Halo game I ever bought, owned, and played. Campaign was great. A lot. And I thought the loadouts were super strange and weird. I hated them. Yeah, All Halo is a, a weapon control game and like loadouts didn't make sense. And I think I think I think there's also like that game because I've been watching like so many YouTube videos about the history of Halo esports and all that fun stuff. That game basically killed like the professional scene of, of Halo multiplayer because of the, the loadout situation. It just like squashed it entirely and it went away for a while. Um, but yeah. Fair enough. Um, I'm trying to play The Last of Us over the break. Well, the break's over now. Um, and I realized I think that was the wrong game to play because it's sad and scary. And I should have picked up Uncharted 4 instead. But <laughs> yeah, I told you that. What I, I know. Well, I've been wanting to play it for so long, and Alex wanted to play it too. So I was like, this is the time. So it was like on sale for like 25 bucks. We got it. We got a PS4 for my buddy. We like, <sighs> scary. It's one of my, so one of my dark. fondest gaming memories is playing that game prior to release for review for work um and just like didn't know anything well i I knew the preview stuff but like did nothing had leaked yet really there's like a little bit of leaks related to some story beats and spending like two hours to three hours a night playing it for because it's long it's like 35 hours or something like that yeah like a week and a bit maybe even more than that um and i remember just like playing it and I'd, i'd go downstairs and like talk to my partner about it after and it was always just like emotionally exhausting like i've never played a game like that where and part of it's because I built First Last of Us is my favorite video game of all time. Yeah. I really like all the characters and care about the story and the outcomes of their lives within that story. So uh, the stakes were like a little bit higher for me. And it, I just know that like every day I was like absolutely exhausted after playing it, just like emotionally drained because it's that just game so viciously violent too. Like yeah. you just see like things you're like, <gasps> like truly, truly shock you. And you're like, wow they put that in there like that was that was really brutal <laughs> that was like, tough like whether or not you like how that game played out whether or not you like the opening where one of the main characters something happens to them um, i've been enjoying it so far or past that part or the like ending like it's one of the only games not even games like pieces of media that like truly surprised me like i didn't think that it was going to go in that direction i didn't think that that was going to happen i didn't like there's a lot that i just didn't expect in that game and as someone who consumes a lot of media, whether it's TV shows, movies, games, like I usually know what's going to happen, right? Because yeah, so much stuff, and that surprised me at every single every single turn. And I have a lot of respect for that uh, the the team behind the game at Naughty Dog for taking like crazy risks with with that title. Yeah, that's that's fair. It's good. I'll um Alex and I are still probably going to try, probably going to try and finish it, but I. I'm making it's a lot promises. yeah it's at this lot. point we would it's probably put like 15 hours into it and knowing we've got like another 15 is tough cool yeah i i don't think there's anything else really to say about halo infinite great game free to play it's on game pass give it a shot totally understand if you're not into the open world but what i would suggest is just powering through the core missions you're yeah. still going to feel a little bit of strange pacing but there's a good game in there with with a cool plot um the weapon is a great character this is probably 
the mm-hmm. most back back to basics we've ever seen the the master chief uh, where a lot of the story is isn't told really through him speaking it's it's told through like his actions and his lack of expression if you will and and his his very few voice lines um it's really like what he's not saying rather than what he is saying i guess is is what i'm getting at um but yeah give it a shot game pass is uh, a great service and halo infinite is free on it um do we want to talk about the games we've been playing like i pretty much just did I that. did too. Yeah, just give me a little. I, I, I can do a little. You got anything? Little spiel. Go for it. Go for uh, it. Is it Destiny? It, it's Destiny, but <laughs> also there's another Hit game. Us. Hit oh, us. Go Hit for us. it. Hit us. Um. So basically, I've just been playing Destiny two, and I've returned to Stardew Valley uh, for the first oh, time. Oh, nice. I, I really have that. I have as well. I played like two days on my iPad. I was like, I'm gonna do a mobile one, and I haven't played like since those first two days since I started that one up. But I, I want to get back into it. Yeah. Has deep. anything been out? Like, has there been DLC or I haven't played in like a year. It used to be the game that I would play at Christmas time, mm-hmm. um, on on like the Switch or Switch Lite or whatever. Like that would be the game that I played for the time off over Christmas. But I didn't do that this year. Yeah, they've added some stuff. There's a new. Well, I think it's new. It, it's new since the last time that I played Stardew, which was a long time ago. Um, but there's this like beach map for uh, your farm. Oh, it's yeah. kind of like the river map, but it's like yes. more That's sand. Cool. Um, I believe so it, was, it came out like neat. around Animal Crossing with the island sort of aesthetic. Yeah, or yeah, something. it did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. kind of has a similar vibe to that. Um, so that one's neat. I'm I'm doing a a farm on on the beach map with with some buddies and just keeping it chill having some fun nice yeah um, that's fun i think there was some other new stuff that was added but i'm not totally sure what it is and i haven't gotten far enough in my uh, in my farm yet to find out do you guys know what uh, the guy behind stardew valley's next game is i i don't know what his real yeah. name is but his twitter handle is concerned <laughs> concerned ape yeah, yeah i forget what his real name too but the next game is called haunted chocolatier and yeah, it's about uh, a chocolate factory yeah, so I'm thinking it's going to be like a, maybe a little closer to like Graveyard Keeper or um, what was that like Shopkeeper type one? Have you played Graveyard Keeper? I've always thought about no. playing it. No, I haven't. Um, and there's another one. It's like an indie game where you like run a little shop and you do like a lot of dungeon crawling underneath. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. You're like running an RPG shop and like adventurers yeah. come in. Oh, I um, have it. I so used I, to play it a bit. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if... Um, Haunted Chocolatier takes something, some elements from them because I know in the announcement post, I believe he talked about it, it having more like RPG mechanic elements and like more fighting and like more areas to explore. Moonlighter, yeah, that's the one. Um, so and I hope it does, but then again, I, I still love like the core, just like charming, small acquaintance of Stardew Valley. So I hope it doesn't go too far. But that that game um, being announced like a few months ago, or maybe even like eight months ago at this point, who knows, was like been in my head over and over again and kind of the reason i keep picking up stardew is because i'm just like wanting that magic and I, I i know it's gonna be like two years until we see that game if not more yeah it's gonna be a long time i guess the the only gaming thing that i wanted to mention was i did i bought far cry 6 i, I always say i'm gonna buy games and then i never do it far cry 6 was on sale over the holidays i bought it i have full intentions of actually playing it bennett's coverage of the game really convinced me that i should i should give it a shot as someone who at one point wrote a really long story for another publication that I worked at at the time about like how Far Cry 3 was one of the best games I'd ever played. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to jumping back into it once I'm able to kick the, the Halo Infinite habit. But is uh, it, I did, is it I did finally buy a game that I said I was going to buy. 
It's not in Game Pass? Isn't like Ubisoft games part of Game Pass too? Isn't like every game in Game Pass? <sighs> Ubisoft I think they're coming. No. It's not yet. And oh, it's okay. it's not going to be like like it's not going to be every game either. I think. Oh. I don't know. Fair I, enough. Anyways, I I don't know. I I bought it before that announcement was made. So yeah, yeah. D- don't don't make me regret my purchase. Sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry. I, you got it on sale. <laughs> at least I hope. <laughs> I think it was forty. Sadly, yeah. like forty. There was lots of Christmas on sale. Yeah. I'll, I'll probably uh, play Far Cry Six at some point, but uh, I'm gonna wait and pick it up in when it's like 20 bucks or when it shows up on game pass whichever happens first that's what i did with far cry 5 i like waited and then i basically got it for free because it was on sale for like ten dollars with all the dlc on epic game store and then i had like a ten dollar coupon oh yeah those those come around um yeah yeah i'd like to play it as well i really enjoyed it with my like initial hands-on and i'm a big fan of the far cry series but with like the amount that i game nowadays I don't know if I'll get to it, to be honest. With, like, Halo being the next, like, campaign after I get through the Last of Us that I probably need to get through and then possibly starting a Stardew Valley farm on the side, you know. This gaming shit, it's, uh, it's hard. It's not easy. Yeah. It's not enough time. <laughs> it is not, not enough time. Yeah. Too many yeah. games, too many problems. Okay, I, th- mm-hmm. I think that's probably a good place to to, to wrap it up. Um, that's it. Thanks for listening to the Syrupcast. You can find me Happy on Happy New Year, at... everybody, as well. Oh, yeah. Sorry. That, that, is, yes. that is a thing that we should Squeeze say. that in there, yeah. <laughs> just we're happy to be back we're happy you guys have been listening and uh hopefully we've got a couple of cool podcasts and a lot of cool content coming through in the year i, I felt like we should say that for the first one of 2022 yeah we're gonna keep it pretty consistent um you won't see john all the time you'll see bennett and i all the time but we're gonna try to get other other members of the mobile serp team um on the podcast more i always say this and then never never push it through and make it happen but uh that's one of my my 2022 things among many other things that i want to build at the site um, that's something that, that we're definitely going to, going to make happen. There are a pup, um, couple of people hired in 2021 that I think have yet to be on the podcast ever. So if we can get Karan's them on, like on Quran or, or Nita one or two times, yeah. that could be fun too. Be great. For sure. Um, so yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Patrick underscore work. And of course on mobile Um, I haven't done a ton of writing lately. There's a story up about my journey with the series two elite controller for the Xbox and, how much I love and hate it simultaneously and how I keep buying new ones and trading uh, and returning the current one that I have because buttons are broken. But the one I have right now, it's right here, right beside me. The Y button only works about 75% of the time. It's brand new. Just picked it up yesterday after work. Quality control issues. Really hoping Microsoft fixes this at some point. Love the controller. Um, but yeah. It's tough I, because I like I've never had an original like regular controller that's had as many issues as you have with elites. It's a mess, and it's yeah. not, it's not just me. It's like very no, know, very yeah. widespread. If you there's like a cottage industry of like people replacing parts in the elite. There's like ton. There's YouTube channels that are like dedicated to like ways to fix the elite controller. And like I, I did it all with the first one I had, and then finally yeah. one day I was like, I paid too much for this. I can't I can't continue just like popping this open and fixing things. Like I'm just gonna buy a new one. First one I got was a review unit. Hopefully they fix the issues by now. Y button was broken. Returned it yesterday. Got a new one. Y button also still doesn't really work the way it's designed to. It fails maybe twenty five percent of the time or so. Um, but yeah, Bennett, where can people find you? And do you have any recent stories that hit the site? Do you want to highlight? Sorry, excuse me. Um, yeah, you can find me just about anywhere at the Bradfad. Um, you can find me on MobileSerp.com and the MobileSerp YouTube channel. So I believe by the time this goes live, I should have a video out about an EV road trip where I took a Porsche Taycan, if not live, 
going to be live the day after. But the Porsche Taycan EV, I took it on like a thousand kilometer road trip to visit my parents and took it to sort of northern Ontario, a little bit off the 401, getting into those more rural zones. So I think that's an interesting uh, video for anyone that's considering an EV or just wants to see what it's like to, to drive around Canada, not in Toronto in one. Um, and then I've also got on the site that water bottle one that I talked about kind of for fun. And I did a little hands-on with the Lululemon mirror, which might be the worst product of 2022. Um, there's no way it's the worst product of 2022. Well, it's, it's, it's like, too early in the year for that. I yeah. guess. I don't know, dude, like $2,600 for a smart mirror is just like, is like that right off the, the hop doesn't put it in a good spot. Um, have you seen how you much know? their pants cost? I know, but at least you're getting I have, pants. Because I have, because I own several pants. <laughs> it's, it's awful. Anyway, um, but yeah, I've got lots of stuff up on the site. You can check it out. Lots of like little mini reviews and features, but hopefully going to get back up on the news. Uh, the news roll again this week and uh, lots more stuff and uh, lots more videos as well. And John, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at John underscore Lamont. That's J-O-N underscore L-A-M-O-N-T. always spell it out because... I don't have an H in my name, and most Every Johns week, do, so people I'm get like, confused. Yeah, I should also um, spell it out. But yeah, that's where you can find me. Uh, as far as stories go, um, I wrote about Google's not-so-smart displays struggling to set timers for some reason. Thankfully, a fix is on the way. Mine just doesn't work. I'll tell it to set a timer, and it'll be like, hey, I don't know how to do that. And I'm like, you do. I know that you do. This is the Nest? Yeah, the Nest Hubs. Huh. It's been a really weird that issue. That is weird. Have you written about uh, this yet? I did. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, I have an idea. I'll, we'll talk about it later. Um, I also wrote about Samsung's Galaxy S21 FE pricing at various Canadian carriers. So if you're interested in that, check out that story and see where it makes sense to get one, if it makes sense to get one. Um, and on the weekend, I reviewed these earbuds. The If you're watching the video cast then you saw me hold them up uh they're like 40 bucks they're cheap they're okay uh if you're looking for a cheap pair of bluetooth wireless earbuds uh they are called the black shark lucifer t1s by xiaomi though not razor yeah they are oh yeah they're not owned by razor it's a xiaomi company um i thought they were all right for the price they're obviously they're not the best uh, earbuds I've ever used, but if you're looking for some cheap earbuds that work all right and have okay sound, they're not bad. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, forty dollars, forty dollars is pretty good rock bottom price. Yeah, I think yeah. in terms of what I've tested, I think like sixty nine dollars is the cheapest at like one plus buds Z. So pretty good price. Nice. So yeah, that's it. And as always, you can find all of our content on mobilesyrup.com and also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at at mobilesyrup. Oh, Thanks and on TikTok. Listening. Oh, yeah, TikTok. We have a TikTok now. There's content there. Check yeah, it out. Subscribe. A little bit. Started it. Yes. We're, we're hoping to do more in, in the new year. But uh, it's, yeah, it's we growing. got some good stuff on there. You want to get in early, get on the ground floor. The ground floor. The TikTok <laughs> ground floor. <laughs> yeah. Only a few years too late. Anyway. Bye, See ya. Bye. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 